Jess, and welcome to Date Night at the Movies, and the dog of the podcast is Madison. She'll she, probably be in and out. She's going to be in and out. Um, so welcome to Date Night at the Movies, where we go on a date, usually watch a movie, and because Jordan and I are both filmmakers, we have very interesting conversations post-date night, and it turns into serious conversations of what we thought about the movie, so... We sit and record it now. Yes, and there are lots of thoughts about tonight's movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tonight, uh, we'll be discuss- discussing Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and uh, tonight, uh, we usually try to have a drink of the podcast. Tonight, it is gluten-free beer. We will keep names out until someone decides to sponsor us and help us m- put these suckers out faster. And gluten-full pizza, because... We've been really busy today and didn't really get to eat. So late night eating, it is. Right. So do we just dive into this? I think we, um, I think we have to. Um, I think we both have mixed emotion. May I say, mm-hmm. before we get into this podcast, I have a feeling it's going to spiral. Right. So I want to say that the first Jurassic World, I freaking loved because we saw in Los Angeles with a group of our friends and like... The crowd completely flipped its shit. Um, so I want to I want to preface this because this might turn into maybe we did or did not like this movie. Right. For me, the first Jurassic World, and I've told you this many times, is that I kind of liked it less and less the more I thought of it. Like that's not to say that I don't like the movie. That's not it at all. Uh, but. Basically, like the more I think about it, it's like, all right, this is kind of janky. Okay, this is kind of janky. Okay, this is kind of janky. I loved the first one, Jurassic World. I loved. I mean, Jurassic Park is flawless, right? Let's let's just admit. Now, what Jurassic World Two brings us is I'm having to pet the dog because there's pizza. <laughs> this is our life. Movies, pizza, and placating animals. And dogs. And uh, hashtag adopt don't shop, y'all. Um, is that it ended with the mama of all T-Rexes and they brought her back. And so, and Jeff Goldblum is back, everyone. Jeff Goldblum is back. However, I think he was just insanely underutilized and I'm sure he cost a lot of money. They kept saying this whole time that it's like, oh, he just has a cameo. He just has a cameo. And like, normally I'm kind of like, you know, back off on giving away too many of your secrets because... Like, I went in there, I was like, oh, he's just going to be in the beginning of the movie. By the way, guys, you know this is spoilers, so I've said it, nobody can bitch about it. Right, this is, this podcast is just spoiler alert city. Anytime you open it, we would love for you to go watch the movie, and as, like, you're driving home, on your way home from the movie, you listen to us. Right, but, all right, having said that, like, it surprised me he came back at the end, but really, is that much of a surprise? But But he didn't add anything. No, I mean, like, he was basically just commenting on the world around it. All right, before we dive too deep into this, can we just say a blanket, what did you think about it? Okay. Um, The writing was just not good. It actually makes me happy that Colin Trevorrow isn't doing the next Star Wars. Oh, fair. Because he wrote this movie. Just I mean, he right. wrote he wrote the last one. And you know, you and I both loved Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh. And, loved. And oh, I remember, sorry, that was really loud. Loved. I remember watching that thinking, like, where the hell did they think this guy Jurassic Park? Okay, I'm on board, you know? 
And I thought he did a pretty competent job with Jurassic World. I haven't seen Book of Henry, so I can't jump on that hate train right now. Okay, but if we should watch that, let us know in the comments when this goes live. I, I have a feeling that uh, as this podcast gets bigger and bigger and I get in touch with Paul Shear, I'm going to be like, hey, can we do Book of Henry with you guys? <laughs> right? <laughs> but so, <laughs> yes, correct. Stay Not Guaranteed is a phenomenal movie. Mm -hmm. And he's a good, I think overall he's a good writer. I think... Because all of a sudden, now we've got Jurassic World, Jurassic World 2, and Jurassic World 3 is going to be Jurassic Part 2. Like, right? Because there's, like, there's, the Jurassic World 3 is already going to be... I have lots of thoughts on, on comparing, like, the original trilogy versus the new set of movies. Let's save that part as we go on. Overall, what did you think of this movie? Okay, it's just tough. Um, it was fine. Uh, I had a good time. I had a good time, but I literally, I rolled my eyes so many times and they wanted all these heartfelt moments. There is one moment that literally crushed me. Yeah. Oh, hands down. The brontosaurus on the shore. Brachiosaurus. Brach oh, we're we're going to be fucking up dinosaur names left and right on this one. I'm going to have Wikipedia open and we're going to just try and get through that as best yeah, as we can. Yeah, good sweet Jesus. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for um, Ross from Friends. We're going to screw it up really bad. Um, that long-necked dinosaur. Yeah, the, that, the Brachiosaurus getting left at the dock. And then, we, I think because of that, to me, I was like, they royally fucked up the ending by not getting the dinosaur somewhere and just, like, letting them loose. Well, we're skipping way ahead oh, I'm right sorry. Now. I just, like, this movie is, I'm in the tumultuous feelings of everything. This movie is designed to pull at the heartstrings of animal lovers. You know, um, well, and we we definitely signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah, we definitely are animal lovers. We keep you know mostly vegetarian. We're bad vegetarians, uh, but you know we rescue dogs. We're even worse vegans, but we sure do try. Yeah, right. Right now we're definitely vegetarian, and not vegan. Yeah, and then we've got you know a really squishy rescue dog who has a dinosaur mouth. Who has a dinosaur mouth? So we're very prone to loving dinosaurs, and also like our generation. Gosh, I remember Jurassic Park came out when we were kids, so I just have this love for dinosaurs, and I just... I was in first grade, and my dad went and saw it first, and I remember the story I remember is my mom being like, I don't want him to see it, it's too violent. My dad was like, listen, it's dinosaurs, he's seven years old, uh, all of his friends are going to see this movie. Uh, if I don't take him, he's going to be the only one of anybody he knows who hasn't seen this and movie. And it was great. Yeah. I saw it in first grade. I saw it with a, um, we saw it in Florida with a group with my mom and dad, my Aunt Betty and other friends. Shout out Mama Kelly and Papa and Papa Gary and Brittany. Um, and I, I just remember just being floored. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, and, and it still holds up. Yes. So this, so I think... For better or worse, I have such a dear, there's such a little, little hole in my heart that only Jurassic Park can fill. Mm -hmm. And, um, maybe we should call Alex to, since this is his favorite, Jurassic Park is his favorite movie, mm -hmm. to also talk about this movie. Yeah. Um, so I think for this movie, I, I think my overall feeling is just disappointment. I wouldn't go so far to say I was disappointed because okay. I lowered my expectations like crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, I didn't even see, I didn't see any trailers well, it has nothing to do with that it's because like i said i kind of like jurassic world less and less and i'll still say that i like jurassic world more than i like the third jurassic park 
Oh, you put, shut your dirty whore mouth. Uh, okay, none of them have talking velociraptors in them. Okay, touche. But I loved that. <laughs> but, but like, I still enjoyed it. But, like, I, the more I thought about it, I was like, objectively, there's some not great filmmaking going on. Yeah. And so I went into this just thinking, like, okay, they've got my money. I'm just doing it, you know? Uh, so I wouldn't say I was disappointed. I wasn't elevated. I wasn't elated no. watching it. No. I enjoyed myself. I do not regret seeing it. I can see myself wanting to watch it again sometime. I think it would be a really good fun marathon to watch Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. One, two, and three. Jurassic World. Well, okay, so I guess we're going to kind of jump into my to my thing. So, you know, this movie basically remade The Lost World to me. Did they have an auction in The Lost World? I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. (laughs) They had their own version of it. Yeah, so, okay, so here's beat by beat of The Lost World, or basically. Uh, You know, John Hammond gets Ian Malcolm to go back to the island because they want to, they want to study the dinosaurs because the governments are threatening to shut it down. Hammond wants to turn it into a preserve. Right. Uh, He's already sent his girlfriend there, my first crush, Julianne Moore. Uh, directly from this movie. There may be some stuff to unpack there, but she's awesome. Uh, I think just leave it. Don't go too deep. Can we just pause for a moment? There's this really cute American bulldog, American staffy, who found a Trader Joe's bag amongst some cabling and made herself a home. I just want to say that's... So if you have a dog, gather them up, put them on a Trader Joe's bag, and listen. Listen to our sultry voices. Keep going. So... They go to the island. Then there's another team from InGen, which is John Hammond's former company, uh, that's taken over by the guy who was entrusted to keep it going. Right. Uh, who wants to get there and take all the dinosaurs off the island and do another park. That's where it's kind of different. Uh, okay. But I but, remember that now. Yeah. And there was the in Jurassic or in the Lost World. There's the scene where like he's doing the video conference with everybody, being like, "You don't bring people half of the world away to go to the zoo. You bring the zoo to them." Oh, and I they, remember that. And dude. then they like they let they yes. let loose all the dinosaurs. So okay, so yes, this is the same. Yeah, this is basically a remake of the Lost World. And part of my issue that I have with this movie is that I was so hit over the head. There's one scene in this movie where the Indoraptor, the new dinosaur that they genetically created that is not from any real fossil or anything, it chases the little girl into her room. And by the time it gets in the room, I was so hit over the head over how many different scenes it referenced in Jurassic Park and like in the whole series. Yeah. So literally they had it open the door with the same shot as the Velociraptors opening the door. Yep. Uh, They had had the last minute close of the dumbwaiter. They did. Yes. Uh, They even had her try and like slam it down. Just like the. I I was waiting for a mirror, you know. I know. Right. But right. Madison. It peeked its head through the through the curtains and it kind of reminded me of the t-rex going yes. into the tent oh, in the gosh, lost world gosh it was just a copycat yeah like there was there was so much of that that it was distracting you yeah. know and I, so i i kind of i i didn't mind how this movie opened like i kind of dug how bryce dallas howard's character um was kind of like on this mission because Which, let's just say she's always consistently really and good. i think like miss howard chris pratt they're really good mm-hmm. uh you know at this point <laughs> After Andy Dwyer, I don't think Chris Pratt can do any wrong. The thing is that he started off with such low expectations, 
and surprised us all. It's like, holy shit, you're a viable action star. Well, and he's great, and he's genuine. He's got charisma. You want to see him in things. It's kind of like The Rock, you know? Exactly. And so... But I feel like they were kind of painted into corners. Yeah. And so, but I really... The fact that... The fact that this movie started off with him... With him building the cabin and her coming up and being them being like i thought i'd never see you again it's like how many goddamn action sequels have you seen that starts off exactly like that like the guy's chopping wood you know i know well and their love story i didn't buy like they were kind of together at the end of lost of lost what was jurassic world whatever the crap it was called which I'm a little embarrassed to say. I just got why they called it Jurassic World because they did Jurassic Park and the Lost World, and then they put the two titles together, and that's the sequel. Yeah, I'm assuming that's why they did that. I just got it, so I'm not always so smart. I mean, I just got it because you said it. But so they they establish her as like in this in the in the first Jurassic World, they establish her as like this like badass person who can just tackle anything and she's super smart and just a boss bitch and she's awesome but like and she's like able to like run around Jurassic World being chased by dinosaurs in high heels which I think is badass it's ridiculous but it's badass now she starts this non-for-profit like getting a paleo veterinarian which sure. they even admit in the movie that she's never seen a dinosaur so it's like how did you major in that any hoozles um that's a thing and then they have her like like towards the end when they're all in that like underground lair, like Austin powers, they have her like have Chris Pratt sneaker on the corner before her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why can't they go together and then bring the little girl? Like, I don't know. There was just like some, well, I think one, th- one movie trope that we have to just kind of accept as part of the zeitgeist. And we're not necessarily going to get rid of it anytime soon is the over chivalrous guy. You know, well, like I don't... You, you are a much more capable person than I am. So I guarantee that if we were in that situation, you'd be like, sit back. I got this. I wouldn't expect you to go around the motherfucking corner with me. By the way, we're trying to keep our language down, but I think we've just kind of given up. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, if you get offended, maybe we'll start bleeping it for fun. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Arrested Development. But... Uh, it's just they they kind of just took some a lot of her power and I mean, granted at the end she's like standing on the top of this glass thing with like the awesome gun and that's really badass, and she's badass. Mm-hmm. But they just I felt like they missed some really awesome badass moments. Well, okay, so now we're kind now we're kind of getting into and obviously we're not going like plot by plot. We're having a really hard time keeping this thing linear, and I think that's okay. Um, but. We're kind of getting into my problems with the two new Jurassic Park movies, or the Jurassic World series, I guess. Uh, And I always kind of thought this, but Cracked, who I am a huge fan of, if you're not listening to the Cracked podcast and you're not reading Cracked, do it. But they did a really great article on basically why Jurassic World was objectively not a good movie. Okay. Yeah, one thing that they talked about. So you remember in the first Jurassic Park where the T-Rex comes out? Yes. And you're, I like have dreams about it. It's so good. You're seeing it all from low angles. You know, mm-hmm. you're seeing it from their perspective. It, the same way how the first time you see a full-on shot of a dinosaur in Jurassic Park, you see it from the human's perspective, and it's so full of wonder. Oh, the, the, you, oh you yes. see the wonder and the fear from the human's perspective. Mm-hmm. And there is always a definitive point of view, because Spielberg is so good at that. You know, I mean... I mean, he's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
And then that's what made it terrifying. Whenever the kids were getting crushed under the car, you weren't seeing this big aerial swooping shot of it. You were right down there in the mud with them. Yeah. Now, in, so what they specifically pointed out in Jurassic World is that whenever the Indominus Rex first escapes, there are so many opportunities where they could have done shots like that. And to be fair, there were a couple. Like, you start seeing little glimpses of it, like, you know, crawl, like right, right, right. legs between the cars and everything. But for the most part... It's like, let's fit as much on screen as we can. Yeah. Or whenever you first see the park in Jurassic Park, you know, and you in the original Jurassic Park. You go you you're you, going you, through the doors. Exactly. And they open up, you are seeing it from that low angle. And so basically, again, Spielberg's just great at perspective. But in Jurassic World, the first time you see the park, the kid gets in the hotel room and he runs and he opens up the curtains. And then all of a sudden the camera like passes through him and then goes into the park. And it's like this big sweeping shot, which makes for a great sweeping shot, you know. But at the same time, like you kind of get t you kind of lose perspective of why these movies are supposed to be thrilling and why these movies are supposed to instill you with wonder. You're supposed to be realizing you're seeing things that you've never seen. When we went and saw Jurassic World, one of my big complaints of it was I got a little CGI fatigued, right? Yeah, it was super CGI. Yeah, I, I can only remember maybe two shots where they were actually puppets yeah. uh, or animatronics. Rich, if, I, if I'm wrong, let me know, please. Rich, so let's pause for a second, take a break, uh -huh. and let's go back and talk about the positive of Jurassic World 2 and the animatronics. Right, we, we are getting a little, like, we didn't hate this movie as much as it sounds I know. Like. All right, so let's take a little break and take a breather. Be right back. So, hey everybody, we're in the Fit Kitchen in Peachtree City, Georgia, and we're really excited to be having um, an awesome guest with us today. Um, um, awesome guest with us today, we've got Tony McFarr, and we're talking about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And uh, Tony, can you tell us what you did in the movie? Uh, so I doubled Chris Pratt um, in the movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was, yeah, that's what I did. That's a, that's a pretty succinct description of what you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, interview over. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, so would you like to know what I actually did? Oh, okay. Yeah, so like... Uh, Kind of just like some of your favorite stuff that you did on there. What was it like working on the shoot? What was it like working with the crew, with the cast, and things okay. like that? Uh, yeah, so uh, it's pretty awesome. They uh, they flew me out to Hawaii because uh, we shot out there in uh, Waikiki, uh, actually the Kailua Ranch, which is about an hour uh, north. Uh, so every morning, you know, we got really early start about seven or eight, and you know, it was a nice drive out there and. Uh, yeah, that's also where they filmed King Kong and kind of all those monster movies. And yeah. It's just beautiful, beautiful out there. Uh, so basically out there is uh, I did just a lot of running down hills. <laughs> um, I mean, very, very steep hills and uh, boots that aren't made to be, you know, running in. Um, so, and actually the, the second day, you know, we're trying to make it as safe for, for Chris as possible and move the rocks and this and that. And, you know, you... You're trying to clear a path, but you're trying to make make it not look like it's a path. Because right. obviously, you know, they they want to make it look like you know organic. Right. But uh, so yeah, we're doing a lot of running, and the second day, I, I almost broke my leg actually. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, we were running pretty steep, and then they moved it to an even steeper where I'm just doing a pass by the camera, and then it just goes down. And I mean, I was I was not going to be able to stop, so I'm yeah. like, all right. And immediately, I'm like, uh, is it a shoulder roll? And I'm like, all right, baseball slide, and I just. As soon as I did the baseball slide, I cleared this little bush, and I mean, there were just two rocks, and I mean, I just 
this hit and loose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> went from a sprint to a stop. And I mean, always it, find the rocks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, so luckily, you know, I had, you know, some padding on, which, which saved my leg from being broken. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was just like, oh, you know, medic, I just need some Tylenol. That's all. <laughs> that's all. That's all. <laughs> that's, all that's all. And you some know. duct tape. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, when I was pulling up my leg, I was just like, my, my pant leg. I was like, oh, God, please don't, please don't, nothing be sticking out. Please nothing be sticking <laughs> yeah. out. And, you know, I, I was like, okay, okay. And, you know, the medic gave me, like, a couple of Tylenol, and I was like, oh, I need, you know, a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> Please and thank you. Uh, just, yeah. just keep them coming. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, that was, like, literally the second day. I'm like, oh, oh. Um, how long then, were you there? How long did, was the shoot in total uh, for so, you? So they were actually in England uh, for, like, three months and then Hawaii for two months. So I was there about two months. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, and uh, the stunt crew was an English uh, stunt crew. Um, the coordinator was Rob Inch, who did all the Star Wars. And uh, I mean, just super, super bunch of, of, of guys. I mean, really, just just great guys. Uh, and actually, I met Chris Pratt's uh, stunt double from England. Mm-hmm. Um, he came over, and uh, you know, so we had a, a run in our first and second unit. That's and great. Just, yeah, super, super. And I didn't know he was coming at first. And then I, I saw him on the call sheet. I was like, oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> do, do I still see myself on the call sheet? Okay, I'm still there. So. <laughs> And then after I hurt my leg, you know, I was like, hey, Mom Tony, you feel like running down hills and mountains today? And he's like, what? Uh, no. I was like, oh, okay. Just... That's crap. So, <laughs> so then in the movie, obviously, there's like, there are like two parts of the movie where they're on the island. And then whenever they, what I'd never thought I'd have to say in a Jurassic Park movie, the auction fight. Uh, I'm assuming that everything like in the building and stuff and stuff like that, that's what they shot over in England, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you did everything that was like the outdoor island scenes, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So all the water stuff, they had a, a huge water tank over in England mm-hmm. um, and did all that. Um, but yeah, all the, the fire stuff, you know, that was, you know, they had all the, that was CGI and, you know, practical. And right. Were there a lot of practicals on set when you were working with it? Um, actually, this time around, I mean... A lot of the dinosaurs were all practical. Uh, the first, the first yeah. one I did was all CGI. This time they mm-hmm. had all these puppeteers and like, they were they it were was awesome. They, they learned their lesson. Yeah, <laughs> That's yes. Awesome. yes. So yeah, and they, I mean, you know, that big when he's getting his face licked. They, I mean, each each puppeteer had a you know a big whatever leg that was, and, and I mean just yeah. to watch them all work in concert. Yeah. I mean, they really just nailed it I as far that. as yeah. I love that. So what was um, your favorite sequence to film? Um. <clears throat> uh, I would say probably not the downhill stuff. <laughs> As we uh, learned. <laughs> yeah. and, and actually, I had blisters literally like the size of that on, yeah. on my heels, you know, because I, I, the shoes were a little tiny and I didn't throw uh, extra padding in the yeah. shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll be all right. And then, you know, after you're just running all day. Uh, and then the other thing, they didn't have anything to take us back up at all. Not, oh. even, not even for Chris for the first couple of days. And I was like, this is the main actor. We need to have at least something to, yeah. so yeah. we had to hoof it back up, you know? <laughs> That's a long day. Yes. Um, I can, I can just see it. You're like, yeah, we need to have something for the main actor. They're like, okay, here's a sled. Pull him up. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Right. Right. Like, oh, mush, wow. That didn't turn out double. right. Mush. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Oh. That backfired. Uh, but actually I think my, my favorite couple of days was, um, when the fire sequence in the lava, like when he's tranquilized, so oh, yeah. they have him, but then they put me in to really bring that fire close. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. they put this kind of blanket of whatever that catches on fire. Yeah. And I'm laying there. And I mean, this thing, you know, it's getting closer and closer, you know. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, whenever I'm waiting for action, I'm like, Now, did they like carbonate to you and stuff like that? Or? No, 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 no. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was just, 
really cool blanket that they lay down that just, you know, brings the, the fire. I'm, That's I've never cool. Seen so not like before. a fire bar, obviously. <clears> no, like... there are fire bars all over the place and everything right. like that. But this was just like something that they they laid down Must or sprayed or whatever. And I mean, it just, you know, it was this nice, like lava, I guess, is what it was supposed to be. Yeah. You know. Oh, we're looking that up. And that's so, a yeah. special feature. So, yeah, that, you know, when, when he kicks his leg up, that's me, you know. Over okay. The, yeah. The wood. That's so, awesome. you were doing the whole Wolf of Wall Street thing yes. over the, yes. over the log. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, one of the things that we talked about when we did the episode is that watching the movie, I saw so many references to like, oh, there's this movie, there's this movie, like where you were running down the where you were running down the hill. Yeah. That was straight up Raiders of the Lost Ark to me, oh, you right, know. Right, right. Uh, and then that whole time, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is Wolf of Wall Street. Right. And then later on, I'm like, oh, there's another Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, you know? when he was doing that scene, he was trying not he was trying to make it you know kind of funny, but not too funny because he's like, I can really you know go over the <laughs> right. top with this. Yeah. Like, Andy he's up. like, yeah, he's like, I don't want to get too silly. <laughs> Uh, but great. actually, you know, the running part, this is funny. So, you know, when you're running downhill, you know, and it's steep, and, you know, you're actually kind of have to use your hands to kind of balance. And, uh, and he, this is the first day and he was on the radio down there. He's like, Hey buddy, this is Pratt. I'm like, Hey Pratt. He's like, Hey, so you don't, you don't really need to wave your hands so much, whatever. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, right. <laughs> and then when he finally did it, I mean, he, he was just like, uh, you know, I was just like, oh, right. You know, I'm, like, yeah. I'm just trying not to fall down. <laughs> I'm like, you got it. Gravity's yeah. just doing its work. Right I said now. I was just doing the bees thing. Bees, bees. bees. <laughs> right. So you've obviously worked with uh, Chris a few times. Yep. So what would you say your working relationship is like with him? Because um, like we can kind of, we can partially say thanks to you for making Chris Pratt a legitimate action star. You yeah, know? Right. Yeah. No, uh, it, it's really good. Super nice guy. You know, golf with him uh, several times, and uh, you know, as he got busier and busier, you know, he didn't have time for golf and this and that. But uh, yeah, he's just super nice uh, on set, off set to everyone. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, what you see is what you get with him. Is there a lot of like collaboration in terms of like whenever you whenever you're his actual stunt double, like you know, just with the story that you told? Hey, don't wave your arms too much. Like, yeah. is there a lot of stuff like that, or is it mostly just nope, you do your thing and we'll fit it in? No, I mean, yeah, he, he's uh, you know from the first Jurassic, you know, I did you know only a couple. I did like a nasty ratchet and and some other stuff. Yeah. That I was just there to kind of walk through it. And uh, you know, as I worked with them more and more, you know, he kind of got more comfortable with me doing more and more stunts, which is you know pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so on Passengers, we did you know quite a bit, but he does quite a bit of his own stunts. You know, he did quite a bit of his own wire work. Um, but then on Guardians, you know, he really kind of let me do quite a bit. I was like. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, so that, you know, that's cool when they're really, when they're comfortable enough that they're like, all right, this guy's, you know, doing a good job for me. I'm going to give him a little bit more. Yeah. You know. That's awesome. So we're kind of sitting on a Hawaiian backdrop right now. Um, and we're a husband and wife duo. And so introduce your partner in crime and where we are right now. Okay. So uh, to my right is my wife, Thais. Say hi, Thais. Hello. <laughs> she she seems so into that. <laughs> she's originally from uh, Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, and she's been here uh, since we were 18, 20, something like yeah. that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, she, yeah, we moved up here to Atlanta about four years ago and uh, to do the stunt thing. And uh, in that process, we just opened up the Fit Kitchen where we're at um, about four months ago. And yeah. That's exciting. Um, and what you guys can't see, but we'll be sharing uh, via social media, is all these movie posters. And uh, so you come into this really like clean, beautiful place, and then all of a sudden you're like, what are all these things up here? <laughs> well, <laughs> Which yeah. is really cool. And, and the cool thing is a lot of people, they come in and they, for the food, you know, a yeah. lot of people, 
don't even notice them, but then when they start, you know, after their third or fourth, they kind of notice, and then look. Some people have been coming here since day one and still don't, you know, they just don't even know. It's like, oh, it's Pinewood and Atlanta, you know, so that's kind of fun. Well, it's kind of fun, too. So we moved here from Los Angeles about a year ago, Mm -hmm. and when you're in L.A., everything has some sort of movie movie history, so you don't even, like, notice that you're sitting next to something probably super famous. Yes. Um, And I think people take for granted that here in Atlanta, I've been working here for about five years, and Mm -hmm. we moved here a year ago. how crazy busy it is, yeah. especially for movie work. Uh, where did you guys move up from? So we moved up from Orlando, Florida. So uh, I was a stunt man at the Indiana Jones stunt show uh, at yeah. Hollywood Studios mm-hmm. for like over 13 years. And during that time, I was working, you know, uh, on burn notice and the, the glades down in Miami yeah. and uh, up in North Carolina and South Carolina. So I'd never even worked in LA, actually. So I, I just worked on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. I never went to LA. To- <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, Burn Notice was my first hustle after I got my uh, SAG card. Oh, really? Did you meet Artie Malachi? I did. Right, right, right. I was working at the Florida Grand Opera as a sword fighter, yes. and we got wind that there was a hustle at the Miami Sea Aquarium. So we yeah. all snuck in. Yeah. With my, I still, to this day, have no idea how like four of us snuck into the Sea Aquarium. <laughs> and I met Dean Grimes and Artie Malachi, yes. <laughs> and they were doing this huge fight and just sitting there as like uh, this like yes. little baby me like hi uh, yes <laughs> it's, it's funny because burn notice was kind of my first hustle as well i was working with a writer in los angeles who yes. uh who works with matt nix a lot hmm. and so he was pitching a tv show and the, yeah. but he couldn't be there to actually do the whole pitch so he recorded it at my studio and he had me basically like score the pitch yeah and then we just set that off to matt nix so that was kind of my first oh, hustle okay. too yeah oh we're all connected oh uh, yeah <laughs> well and actually the, the sea aquarium that's where actually i did one episode of the glades and it was pretty funny they they put us in the dolphin uh pool because it was the biggest thing but the dolphins are very kind of territorial those ones yeah. there it's not snowflake <laughs> yeah and you know they when I was getting all suited up, they're all just watching. They have their heads up. They're just looking at me with one eye. I was like, they're just waiting for me. They're literally just waiting for me to come in this thing. And they were just like, don't touch them when you go in there. I was like, all right, you know, let them acclimate to you. And so literally I go down to the bottom and I'm sitting there. And I mean, these dogs, they're swimming so close. And then they're just looking at me. They're just like, they're, they really, they're like, go ahead, just touch me. Go ahead. Dare you. And then the one, and I'm just sitting there and the one just like suddenly turns and then just pee. Oh, no! <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was like, oh my gosh. That was awesome. That, that must have been great running through your head the whole time. Like, okay, after everything that I survived, I might be killed by a Lisa Frank picture. <laughs> still, yeah. And then, you know, I have the flashlight and they keep grabbing it. I'm like, ah, these dolphins. But, uh, yeah, I always remember that. And then, oh, then I got amazing. a stunt adjustment. I'm like, are you serious? You know, I would have paid them. <laughs> yeah. right? so, you know, I'm like, right? yeah. Like, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, well, this whole thing, this whole podcast started because we, our date night is going, we're movie nerds. Yes. Like, we're total movie nerds. So, what do you guys do on your rare day off or when you're back from two months of shooting or, like, this week you guys ran the whole, you know, the whole restaurant by yourselves. So, what's something you guys do that's, like, your getaway time? Uh, I mean, around lately here we go over to the the Beltline, right? And there's a oh, couple yeah. restaurants over there. Uh, Two Urban Licks is a pretty cool yeah. restaurant. Um, yeah. It's got like a jazz band, oh, and I it's kind of yeah. 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 
Yeah, we have Rocky. Yeah, yeah Rocky. Uh, oh, yeah, you guys have to go on Tony's Instagram and, and see Rocky. Right, yes. You see a lot of Rocky. It's pretty much Rocky, Rocky, <laughs> Big Kitchen, Rocky, Rocky. Yeah, it's super <laughs> cute. Yeah, I mean, I, I just tell people, because if people are like, why are there so many dogs on your Instagram? I'm like, well, we don't have kids. You're welcome. You know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, he's our, he's our little, uh, yeah. our little baby. Little baby. <laughs> so actually, yeah, yeah, we're going to get some pictures and put them up over there, because uh, a lot of people... They, they think it's a franchise, so we want to put some personalized yeah. uh, pictures. Well, so. That's one thing I'll say about this restaurant is that, like, it definitely looks like it could be a franchise. And I mean that in, as like a compliment, a you know, yeah. because it looks like everything is just super well put together and super clean, uh, you know. And, and basically, just from having not eaten here yet, and I plan on changing that very soon, yes. uh, it looks like you guys have your shit together, which I think is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, actually, in our contractor at... They, they did it exactly, exactly, you know, how we envisioned it. I mean, really, truly, it turned out exactly. That's you know, awesome. So, so, yeah. That's awesome. I think, I'm just going to pitch it, and you can always yes. say no, but I think Rocky needs to, like, you need, like, pictures of Rocky dressed up. Yeah. Like these movies. <laughs> like a little smaller picture just underneath like, my picture. Yeah. I do, I think so. It might be important. Like, like get, get him like stepping on a chew toy and try and get him to bark up like that and just have him match the team. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? I couldn't get our dogs to play along. Our, our dogs do not like cameras. And that was, that was kind of like whenever you hear people have kids and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm a musician, and my kid hates music, and I don't know what I did wrong. You know, yeah. it's like Mr. Holland's Opus, but with dogs. You know? <laughs> yeah, we have a black lab that you literally like. Come here, Charlie, and he's like, No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm fine. But if you're like, Hey, don't come near me, and he's like, Hey, I'm <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. He only snuggles when you're like, Stop. And he's like, It's yeah. time to snuggle. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> well, thank you so much for letting us invade yeah. your time and your space and. I guess just one other question I yes. have because we forgot to ask it is: Did you see the movie? Did you see Fallen Kingdom? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Yes. Yeah. What'd you think of it? No, I, I thought it was good. You know, mm -hmm. it's weird when you work only part of a movie, and I didn't see the script or anything, and I never read them anyways. But uh, you never really know exactly how it's going to turn out, or mm -hmm. right. Uh, the one thing that was cool in the in the movie and the trailers was I was on the second unit with uh, one of the puppeteers, and that that old scene where he was reaching out for Blue, uh -huh. yeah, and when yeah, they yeah. cut to me, that's my hand. Yeah. Nice. And I was like, hey, that's fine. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. So, so, stuff like that, little stuff like that. I'm like, oh, well, That happened really to cool. me on an episode of Rizzoli and Isles, but it's my butt. Oh, yeah? Oh, very nice. <laughs> and it's very disappointing. Oh. <laughs> it's like, me, dead, butt. But, uh, I, I don't they know. cut the stunt, and I was like, oh, well, great, you guys. Thank yeah. you. That's half of the stunt, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. seems to me that they should, you know, give a little bit of an adjustment or residual bump if you, they, you just see your butt. It's like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, your your camera's like right on the butt, so we're gonna give you a little extra bump in your residuals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would make well, me feel better. Well, yeah, that's the thing with stunts. Yeah, the first couple of stunts on burn notice, whatever. You tell everyone your first, you know, job. Hey, watch this. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> right. And it's like, and they're like, were you on? You're like, yeah, yeah, it was. It's, yeah. So you've obviously been doing this for a while now. Yeah. Uh, do you ever like? Are you pretty good about like keeping all that like? under the rug until it comes out? Or do you ever get like really excited and be like, no, I gotta tell somebody that was just on this movie or something like that? Other yeah. than telling her all the time. Because right. I, yes. I figured yeah. that an NDA oh, yeah. doesn't mean spouse. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, kind of at this point it's, uh, I mean, cause on uh, Passengers, we actually did a whole week of this car driving and I did this nasty flip where it explodes and I'm just like, oh my God, this thing is gonna be awesome. Amazing. They cut it out of the movie. Of course they did. I was like, 
the amount of money that they just dropped on that know, right? is, is insane. Well, you you were talking about that, and I'm like, I sure as hell don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was this whole thing, and then she's supposed to help lift him off because he's stuck under the under the, the car. Oh my god, that's so epic! It was yeah. <laughs> I mean, all these explosions. I'm running into all those little monitor things that he's. Yeah. I, I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! And they cut that, yeah. But huh. it was kind of weird because he hits. It, I hit the couch, and the couch kind of explodes. I'm like. <laughs> it was awesome. There's a lot about that movie that I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll roll with it. That's fine. Well, thank you guys yep. again. Yeah, thank you for guys. Your time and um, uh, is there somewhere where our listeners could like follow you? Like, is there got the socials and tell them, tell them, Thais. Tell them. You have to say it. The Fit Kitchen ATL. Fit Kitchen ATL. Yeah. Or website. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll have we'll put the so guys we'll have that in the uh, descriptions of this podcast. You'll be able to find Tony and the Fit Kitchen and all that good stuff. And yeah, if you just Google it, search it, the Fit Kitchen, it should pull up as well. All yeah, here in Peachtree City, Georgia. Oh yeah. And, and do you have any other projects you want to plug? Anything that's coming out in the pipeline you want people to see? Um, well, I just uh, a couple weeks ago worked on the Poison Rose with uh, I was doubling Brendan Fraser. Awesome. Yeah, so he was a super nice, super nice guy. I remember, you know, from way back to mommy. And, Heck yeah. Know, I was like, what? That's still one of my favorite movies ever. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So he was super nice. Uh, and then I did one with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Um, and I was doubling, actually, uh, Judah McGavin, the guy that played Unhappy Joe. You did not. Yeah. So I was like, what? This is awesome. <laughs> I mean, Chris Pratt's great, but I'm like, Judah McGavin and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Brendan Fraser awesome, at the mummy. So that's what I got. That's all. That's awesome. awesome. Thanks again, you guys. And yeah, I guess that's I don't it. know. I don't have a good button. Uh, we'll come up with a button later. Button. 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 <laughs> so, one really awesome thing, because we were talking about animatronics, the CGI fatigue in the first one was a lot. And for people that, you know, I come from a background that. I'm all about like practical stunts. I think you, I feel like when you see a practical stunt, whether you know it's real or not, there's, you get this feeling that like, holy crap, like something about that was very visceral and real. And I did get that from this, from Fallen Kingdom. Right. Well, what I was saying before the break is that, uh, you know, my complaint was CGI fatigue. And then our friend Joel, who went and saw it with us, his response was, yeah, but you were seeing things that you've never seen before. They couldn't have done that practically. And I agreed, but because that movie was not shot objectively like that, I didn't, I forgot that I was seeing things that I'd never seen before. So like, and I don't mean that in a good way. So I will, to bring it back to where we are now, I think that Fallen Kingdom did a much better job with that because it seemed tactile. Yeah. Oh yeah. They were, for this time too, they were touching these dinosaurs. And so when they weren't touching the dinosaurs, I could buy it. I bought it more. Right. When she was on top of the T-Rex, uh-huh. also that blood transfusion, like, give me a break. But anywho's, I like that whole medical sequence almost killed me. Like, you, do you know how to find a vein? Do you know? How, do you know how to find a vein? Well, I was at a blood, rod, Red Cross blood drive before. Human veins and dinosaur <laughs> veins, right, Madison? Aren't the same. And did you notice how she didn't even find the vein? He did. Right. So it's like. Uh, uh, I don't, <laughs> but, lots of problems with the script. But her on top of it mm-hmm. was great. Was great. And them actually working on Blue was really tactile and visceral and fun. Right. 
Well, and that's the thing about the first movie is that there's still a lot of CGI in that first movie, you know, and I think that's something that people debate about with the first Jurassic Park all the time is that, you know, you have people taking stopwatches and seeing, well, how many shots were CGI? How many shots were animatronic? They need to get a job. Well, I think they did have a job, and that guy's name was Stan Winston because that was part of his job. Oh, never mind. I'm either, sorry. Either way. but I hope we got paid a lot of money because I wouldn't take that job. <laughs> anyway, so, like... Because there was so much tactile feel, you could see the ridges in the skin. You could see yeah. imperfections in the dinosaur skin. By the time it was CGI, you did not care. Mm -hmm. And this movie did a much better job about that than, than the first Jurassic World did, I will say. And the animatronics looked great. I thought the CGI was overall pretty good in this movie, too. I did, too. And I think... I also really love when they first go back to Jurassic World and they're walking through all the carnage of what the park used to be. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty dang cool. Like, it felt like, oh, shit went down here. But it's supposed to be, what, three years afterwards? Yeah. It looked like yesterday. Mm -hmm. Because, like, they there was this, what I think of specifically, there was this dinosaur um, stuffed animal that they walked by. Uh -huh. And I was like... That looks like it. That looks like it was. It didn't look rotten enough for yeah. three years in a tropical island. Mm -hmm. The thing would be destroyed. I've never looked and seen <clears throat> what processed cotton, ha what happens to it, you know, in three years in the human climate. But I'm assuming that it doesn't look just a little muddy. Well, you know, our basement flooded a couple weeks ago, oh, yeah, and that. my and my all of my saddles got mildewed, right? And that's not even. We don't even live in the tropical climate that that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So things get eaten and destroyed by the bacteria alone. And that just looked brand spanking new. And so it kind of took me out of the timeline. But I will say it was very visceral walking through that. And I thought I thought that was really great. I thought that was pretty cool. One touch I liked that they did, and this is purely like a CGI touch on here, uh, was they brought back the compies, you know, the little small dinosaurs that I ate the guys. I love those guys. Right. And I love the fact that they were in almost every scene on the island just like doing their thing mm -hmm. like in the in the lost world you know they're chasing after the guy uh you know the guy from fargo and they end up eating him and i remember being terrified by that scene yeah. I, mean, I love the lost world i know i'm kind of in the minority there but i love that movie um, I'm going to go back and watch. We, we need to. Right. But uh, but what I liked about how they did them here is that they really were just scavengers. It was almost like whenever you're going into like an, like an action movie, like Escape from New York or something like that, and they're just rats down there doing their thing. And yeah. You're just like, oh, don't step on the rats. Right. You know? the, the rats of the Jurassic era. Yeah. Or Cretaceous or whatever. Maddie has a lot of opinions about teeny tiny dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Are you the size of a teeny tiny dinosaur? <laughs> And now back from things that are only interesting to us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, this took this movie took us on an adventure. Once again, we have the I feel like in almost every movie, and maybe I'm way wrong because it's all about like we're we're getting to know a different dinosaur better. But it keeps feeling like this theme that we're you know we us humans have taken matter into our own hands and created an, a, a super dinosaur. And this one, this one I didn't buy as much. I bought the super T-Rex a little bit more. This one I didn't buy as much. Well, I mean, the whole, like, you know, we're going to make dinosaurs and sell them to the military thing that they started with Jurassic World, which I don't know. Jess, did you ever read about what Jurassic Park 4 was supposed to be about? 
No, of course I didn't. Oh my god. What was it supposed to be about? Let's just say that we're, we should be thankful that we didn't get this movie. Ooh, tell me, tell me, tell me. Basically, I don't remember a lot of the details. All I remember is that it was about the engine, the company, uh, had found a way to make a human-dinosaur hybrid. No! And so you were going to have dinosaurs carrying guns Stop. and being sold to the military. Stop talking about it. Veto. Right? Stop it. So, no, uh, that's that's basically what they just did. No, so what they did is they took that idea that they were like, oh, you know, I can, I can just see it. Like, and I know it was probably Spielberg's decision and you know me, I don't want to, you know, I I don't want to piss off Steven Spielberg because God knows he's listening to this, (laughs) but it's like, you know, it was like, Hey baby, this is a good idea. Maybe you just took it a little too far. You know, and so like they brought it, they brought it back. And the whole thing I'm saying is that this plot point, which is really propelling this whole movie at this point, uh, Fallen Kingdom, felt really slapped on to me. And I wasn't crazy about it. And I'm not like the whole auction, like just in general, I just was like, why? Why, why are people buying dinosaurs? And, I, and they were like using pharmaceuticals. And I was like, they're, but they, they're only advertising them as weapons. But like, I just, I just didn't fully buy it. And so you have, uh, you have Dr. Wu, who, like we said, who, that, that how man, do you get Dr. Wu's career? That man made an entire career out of appearing in five minutes in Jurassic Park. Um, can we give Dr. Wu a slow clap? Go BD Wong. Because we didn't sign that contract and we are uber jealous. So there's no hate right. going down. But so like the fact that like if you think about it, it's weird. He starts off in Jurassic Park as being like this friendly guy. And like I know I know everything in the first Jurassic Park was a was a smoke screen. You know, they, they say that as much in the Lost World, that the dinosaurs weren't actually bred there. They were bred on the other island and then they were brought over to. Yeah. And so that way that way they could, you know, like make it look like, oh, we're doing everything here, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you know, he's, like, this pretty amiable guy, and, you know, he definitely is, like, you know, wait, you're telling me how to do my job? But it's, like, that's what a scientist would be. And he actually had a pretty big part in the book. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but, and then now he's, like, this super evil mastermind. Like, but on the flip side, at the end, he was, like, that's just a prototype. It's not ready to go. And it's, like, listen to, listen to him. Listen to him. Well... Okay, before we start getting into near the end of this movie, and again, we're cutting out a bunch of stuff. Seriously, go see the movie. It's fun. It is super fun, but but if you're looking for something that makes cognitive sense... So, what I'm saying is that before we start getting in there, because once we get into the end of this movie, I have got a lot to say. Ooh. If we're going to rate this movie, if we rate it by uh, weed sticks, one could be fairly high and watch this movie... And you're not going to see the critical flaws. Right. Or wine glass wise, you can be, I wouldn't say, I would say be tipsy. Don't be wasted and go see this movie. We were both stone cold sober, busy Friday, working, went to go see it. Awesome date night. And because we are such Jurassic Park lovers, it was Flaw City, but it was still fun. Well, I also wonder, too, if we weren't doing this podcast the way that we're doing it, if we would have been watching it any less critically. Of course we would have. We talked this way in the car. That's, that's the podcast. Right. I, I honestly think I might even be more up in arms about it. Uh-huh. So anyway, what I was trying to say is that before we start getting into the end of this movie, let's mention some things that we did like about it. 
So, so like, let, let's try and shift the conversation a little more positive. Because, again, we liked this movie okay. But, yes. but there are a lot of things to say. And just so that way this doesn't become a psychotic bitch fest. I don't think it's been... We've, it's not <laughs> been a psychotic bitch fest. Well, I, we, we have definitely spent more time on the, on the hate but, train. But unfortunately for every pro, there's a con in this movie. That's actually a really good way to put it. Because... Again, like they go and they get, uh, they save blue, but it, and the whole kind of like saving blue thing is kind of cool. But then like they have to get a blood transfusion with a T-Rex, which then makes it a problem for Dr. Wu. And that's weird. And okay. That scene with the blood transfusion, like they tried to make that into a point where it's like, oh, she owned him. Basically what happens for, you know, if he, it's been a little bit since you've seen the movie, because hopefully we'll get this up soon. Um, Basically, like, he needs to get a vial of Blue's blood because it's the most pure dinosaur on there. And, like, like the whole thing is about getting this one dinosaur. Well, because Blue is um, able to listen to humans. Right. Blue is able to communicate on a level with humans that no other dinosaur can, which which is cool. And I like the way they handled that. Yeah. Like, the, like, the, like the recorded scenes, like, basically what, how they were doing I flashbacks. I thought baby Blue was cute. Right. But then it reminded but, me that, it, that Blue lost all of its family. Yeah, but it's also a raptor. I don't think it cares that much. No, I do. Okay, anyway. But, so, like, you know, and then she was like, well, I gave it a transfusion from, T, from T-Rex blood. So, uh, so it's just a sock drawer and then... And like you were supposed to kind of feel like, oh, you owned him. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, she is a paleo veterinarian. She knows significantly more than us. So, in that part where she's talking about, like, she's telling, here's where you need to get it from. The whole thing was, don't get it from anything that has more than three fingers. And I, I'm not a paleontologist. I know that, but I, that seems. That seems like a really arbitrary kind of, like, I don't know. I, I, I anyway. Know. And, and, and we might be overthinking it. Because, yeah. because we have grown up with dinosaurs and the allure of dinosaurs, maybe. That is one thing that I did like what they said in the beginning of the movie where Ooh. where she was trying to get, like, the senator on her side for this saving the dinosaurs. This is kind of the crux of the whole movie because that's how the movie ends. Yeah. Is that she's on the phone and she uh, with the senator and she's like, "Do you have children? You realize that your children have grown up in a have grown up in a world where they have never not known dinosaurs exist in present day. Are you ready to put them into a world where they don't?" I love that because yeah. it's so true, though. Because even as an adult, if someone if that happened, I would one be terrified because one we've seen all these movies. It's like every time you see a scary movie and someone walks into a creepy house and you're like, "Have you never watched a scary movie?" Don't go into the attic. Don't go into the attic. Which we we need to do that anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, we've never known we've never known a world without this these dinosaurs without us being able to go into a movie theater and imagine that these are real. And so when they're all burning up and uh -huh. they fall into the water i like i had a i had a hard time with that myself i was crumpling mm -hmm. i was crumpling it was so insanely heartbreaking and to know that this plan wasn't going to work and it didn't look like noah's ark of like two by two and yeah. i know that most of them are genetically female but then i i was just really confused if they were going to put them on this island but i like wanted it to work so badly and that I just knew that it wasn't, but I, I just wanted them to go on the freaking Island. And so it kind of in the end, when they all get released in North America, I was, I was actually 
super disappointed and because it just as a fan we didn't what's gonna I don't know what's gonna happen and then I also I started laughing in my head because then I imagined from Fantastic Beasts when he's talking to Frank the bird and he's like I'm gonna let you, you know release you to the wilds of Arizona Ugh, I hate that line so much it's right this is like the best movie ever and the worst line ever and I just see like this velociraptor overlooking Arizona yeah, it was it was basically overlooking the su- the subdivision from ET. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just was like, uh, which is Bob. another movie reference. Real quick, I'm going to take off a few different movie references, not Jurassic Park that I saw in this movie. Take them off. And really, there may there may not be as many as I'm getting ready to set this up to be, but you know, you're on my bus now, so you know, get on board. So. Did you catch the insane Raiders of the Lost Ark reference? No. Uh, no. So this isn't like, you know, oh, look at that. There's a picture of the Ark. But literally, whenever they're on the boat getting off the island and going to uh, America, that was basically the submarine scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, get out of here. No, because it was shot. No, sh- I believe you. Yeah, it was shot the same way. Uh, you know, it had like the same, like even the music kind of referenced it a little bit and they were all wearing like, you know, like khaki garb with the khaki hats and everything, which is just kind of like where Indiana Jones beats up the guy and steals his clothes. Yeah. So like, to me, I was like Raiders of the Lost Ark right there. Okay. One. Um, the E.T. suburb two. Two. Uh, now that I got on my Raiders of the Lost Ark high horse, I can't think of what the other ones were. I know there were a couple other ones where I was just like, this is just this movie. If you think about them. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, and this is where I was kind of disappointed. So, you know, at the beginning of the movie with the Mosasaur, right, uh, where it jumps out of the water and eats the guy whenever they're getting the yes. DNA. Um, and then uh, nobody notices that it's still swimming out, right? And then I was kind of expecting that to come back. And that didn't come back till like right before the credits where like, you know, the world is full of dinosaurs. And it's going to eat surfers. Right. And they, but they showed that in the trailers. So I was, I was hoping that would be more of a thing, but I will say that shot looks infinitely better than the Meg. Oh, because the Meg has a shot. That's pretty much the same as that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. We might have to go see that movie just because I've out of sheer curiosity. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to the Meg. Oh, no. But um but yeah, if I think of them I will I will let you know. And I I realize I kind of uh Or will social media it Yeah, I, I realize I was kind of a uh, I was kind of a tease with that because it sounded like, oh I got this one, this one, this one, this one. But really once I thought about started thinking about the Rage of the Lost Ark one, that's all I could think of and my obsessive possible alcoholic brain uh started just circling on alcoholic that one. Alcoholic brain, you've not even touched your gluten free beer. Uh, I've touched it once or twice. May we add that I almost called, no, no, I almost called the ending, but I did call the little girl. Okay, so this is where we're starting to get to the end of the movie, and this is where a lot of my biggest script problems come in. And, like, there's a lot of dialogue problems in here. There's a lot of, well, it's kind of cheesy. Yeah. And I think that the actors did a really good job of, the the actors made it less cheesy. Well, here's, here's the thing. So, like, you know, Jurassic Park movies are always, they've always done such a great job, with the exception of The Lost World, because that's a dark fucking movie. It is dark. Uh, and that's, that like pushed the limits of what I thought a PG-13 was. But if you think about it, though, that was the very next movie Spielberg made after uh, Schindler's List. So and that's, He was in a place. Well, that's kind of when fun Spielberg stopped coming around. That's whenever it became dark Spielberg, which I'm not complaining about because we got some great movies in later days, Steven Spielberg. Um, but so, 
so they've always been, as a general rule, really good about being for adults and kids, you know? Uh, and that's and, some, this, and this movie definitely is. Right, but here's here's my point to that, though, is that even though, like, they do that, they only really put the kids in there just to give a child's perspective, which works better in some movies than others. But that's all, but that is a common criticism throughout the series. So, like, in the first movie, uh, I think it does pretty well with the kids. Uh, I think the first movie's the best with the kids. Yeah, the first movie is definitely the best with the kids. And I, any complaints I have about that movie with the kids are very minimal. So, And I like Jurassic World with the kids. Well, so I like the, like let's, let's, go through this, let's go through this movie by movie. Okay. So we have The Lost World, which has his inexplicably African-American daughter that they just never comment on. Or they, no, Vince Vaughn comments on it once and it's played off as a joke and it's never explained. Uh, but, you know, a common complaint about that movie was, oh, she used gymnastics to kill the velociraptors. So like, yeah, right, and that makes no sense. That's something that sticks out. The third Jurassic Park movie, like the kid was on the island for a month or whatever. And he's like, oh, well, I know how to collect T-Rex pee right now. And like, you know, he became he be basically became like it kind of felt like they got the writer's kid to write that in. Like, and now he's going to do this. He's a really cool detective. You know, that type of thing. Where in the world <laughs> is Carmen San Diego? Jurassic World, the kids were insufferable. They were insufferable. I, I did not like the kids in Jurassic oh, World. Oh, you didn't? No. I didn't hate them. So one of them was a creepy perv. Creepy perv. Yeah, he spent the entire he spent the entire movie like like creepily staring at all the other fourteen year old girls, which made you as an audience member start staring at the fourteen year old. Is that girls. because you related? Because you were that fourteen year old? Uh, I mean, it's possible. Nobody wants to admit that they're a creepy perv, but you know, who knows. Uh, well, I don't think I don't think you're a creepy. I don't think he was a creepy perv. I I I did not think they were insufferable. I, well, I guess mostly maybe it's not the kids themselves. Although, like apparently the youngest kid signed on for multiple Jurassic Park movies. I'm just like, why? Uh, but like, but I, like, where is he? Well, that's the thing. They didn't put him in here because you can't get the kids to the same place. Like, and that's another common criticism about Jurassic Park movies. The more they make the sequels, they're like, how do we get people to go into the mouth of danger again? Uh, that's my biggest problem with Jurassic Park 3 is that it, that felt the most contrived getting them back to the island. This one felt reels contrived. Well, and yes, and it did not learn the lessons because Lost World was fairly contrived. Like, I love the Lost World. I'm willing to give it a pass on that, but let's not be too hasty to forgive. That movie, that movie was pretty contrived getting yeah. them there. So this one, again, it followed the same beat as The Lost World, basically. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the end because we're getting deep on some time. Can I just, can I title this segment of the show? Yes. The fucking clone kid. I know. I, I think. I was desperately <sighs> hoping it would be like Ellie's daughter or. I knew it wasn't going to be that. But like, no, but you know what I mean. No, like, I, I know you were like, like something. I wanted like something to tie it back to the first Jurassic World. Or you mentioned the the, the little girl in the first. I know Madison. Yeah. The first Jurassic World. Okay. Like maybe it was her daughter. Because that's that's the thing is that like there's a line in there where where the grandpa says where she's like, did my mother ever go to the park? And he says, yes, she would have wanted to save them too. And so I kept expecting that to come back and pay off. And like, you know, people get tired of the Charles Dickens thing of like, oh, well, it turns out it was this guy all along and you met him once three years ago. Now he's really important. So like, 
I was at, but that's my point though, is I was at the point where I was ready for a contrived Charles Dickens moment. And I was going to be so <sighs> game for it because I knew at that point towards the end that the dinosaurs aren't going to get to their happy ending and I couldn't handle it. I'm still upset that dinosaurs aren't on a sanctuary island and I'm mad about it. I'm so mad about it because I don't want to go pay money to go see another movie. We're going to. I know. They have our money. Oh, it's like watching all the Hobbits. We watched no, all, all right, the Hobbits. I will say, I, will say I enjoyed this in Infinitely better than the Hobbit uh, movies. That's not, it's not even comparable. But I, all I'm saying, Madison, I know I'm, uh, my dog thinks I'm Yeah, super Madison upset. thinks that we're upset oh. because we're passionately talking about this movie. <laughs> so oh, now so she's good. trying to get up in the chair between the mic stand and Jessica. Hi, baby. I'm so sorry. But yeah, so I will say, and you mentioned this earlier in the show, but like you called that that was going to be... Oh, once, because we had talked about... Very silently. We were one of, what, six people in the theater? It was not a very crowded theater. I was also mad because the projection was messed up in our theater the whole time. Was it? Yeah, like, it was like, it didn't take up the whole screen. It really didn't, did it? No. So, like, (sighs) normally, normally the, uh, normally the AMC class at 12 in Snellville is a lot better than this, but they kind of dropped the ball this time. No. They are usually much better. Yeah. It's usually a really great theater. But but yeah, so we were like one of six people, two of six people. Yeah, in that so movie. of course our little, our chatty time was a little bit more amplified than normal, which if you're a chatter, make sure you chat quiet. And if your phone's on during the movie, for shame. Unless you're a stunt performer and waiting for a stunt call, then you can peek and then put that shit away. So, um, yeah, it was totally, once I realized like, just all signs pointed to Rome that it was going to be a clone baby. Yeah, so basically what the story is, and they rushed this explanation out so fast. Well, they just didn't use the whole movie. Right, so like, I don't, did you ever see that show? It was called Surface. No. It was on about 10 or 12 years ago. No. It was this show that started off about these gigantic water creatures, uh, like prehistoric water creatures being seen off the coasts of everywhere. Uh, and and I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't a great show, but I enjoyed it. But the thing is, is that like what... What ended up happening in that show is that like these these things were living down in the Mariana Trench again the Meg, uh, and then it all ends up being like well this company was dumping chemicals down there and now they're cloning things and you find out one of the characters was a clone all along and so as like alien yeah as one of the three people who've probably seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and watched the whole series of Surface because it only lasted one season. Uh, that's immediately what I went to. Now, here's the thing. So, so Grandpa Clone. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name in the movie, but he, it's James Cromwell, who's awesome. He is uh, awesome. But um, you find out that he was John Hammond's partner in starting off this whole technology of cloning things. And, you know, at one point, Jessica was asking about him. I was just like, who, Grandpa Retcon? Because that's basically what it was. And it was a very clumsy retcon as well. So I went on Wikipedia after this, again, to try and make sure that I was talking about all the dinosaurs correctly. Uh, And they pointed out a plot point that you just kind of had to infer from this movie, and I did not get from it. What What did you read? So basically, 
he was John Hammond's partner when they were coming up with the technology. Apparently, they disagreed on cloning humans because he wanted to clone his daughter who was dead, and that is who his granddaughter was. And that's why we never heard of him. So they kind of touch on, they infer that at the beginning of the movie, and they start to touch on that a little bit in the explanation, but immediately the dinosaur comes and kills the people in the explanation, uh, during, or during the explanation. So it's like... So, so we knew that that guy was... Wait, that we, so we, wait, I'm confused. We knew right, that. right. You are confused. Confused. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what's your question? I just didn't realize what we we were supposed to know who that dude was. Right. So they they mention it. They're like, oh yes, John Hammond and I started this together. Like he's reminiscing about it. And then at one point, uh, at one point, the bad guy. And by the way, in this movie, I was expecting bad guys to start going. Because they were bit. so cartoonishly bad. It was a little bad. Austin Powery. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like, he was like, you know, you played God. You did something evil yourself right before he kills him. Because in a, in a movie full of dinosaurs eating people. He suffocates him with a fucking pillow. We needed a guy suffocating an old dying man with a pillow. Like, why don't you just put some little baby dinosaurs in there? Either that or just not put that in a plot point in this movie about dinosaurs. I don't just, yeah. It, it was clumsy, but, like. Really, that I did like how it circled around, and she was like, "I'm here." Yeah, so, they so that be is here. the only saving part about this plot point is that at the end of the movie, whenever they are going to, you know, there's this gas leaking down. Which again, that was another thing. Is like, oh, now there's gas. Now there's a gas leak. There's and then, been this and, and this all and this these and this. creatures being like, "Let us out!" So they let them out of the cages, and they're about to let them outside. And then Chris Pratt says, you know, if you press that button, you know, that's it. There's no turning back. And she decides that she can't, even though she loves all the dinosaurs, she knows what that'll do. And then little Miss Cloneface goes over there and presses the button. And she says... Her name is Maisie. Right. Maisie Cloneface. Maisie Cloneface. Uh, but she says, you know, they're alive just like me. And that's where that pays off. But except... It, it no, is no, a good payoff. Except for that one line... They could, somebody should have been there on draft two and been like, you know what? We don't need this clone kid. Like, I don't know how much Spielberg but actually... Then we, but then we would have lost the kid perspective, but what also no, 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 sucks no, no, no. is we didn't have it, really. Right, but that's the thing, is that they did not use the kid the way that a Jurassic Park movie usually uses the kids. Right. And, and they could have easily kept the kid in there without it being, without it being Little Miss Clone. yeah. Also because he wasn't a thing. And yeah, like you it, they're it's they're introducing characters just so that way you care about them right. for and this one movie. Right. And that's frustrating because we don't care about them. Right. And I'm and and Jordan will attest to this. I'll often go, "Am I supposed to know who this person is?" Because whether because I I sleep after movies, right? And so I forget things. And I I feel like at the beginning of this movie I kept me going are we supposed to know who they are? Making sure that I hadn't like lost my mind and missed it all out. And it turns out that, no, no, I hadn't lost my mind. We just didn't know who those people were. Right, but then you're supposed to just accept the fact that, oh, they've been a part of this franchise since the beginning. You've just never heard of them. And that's not fair. Right. It's not like Rick and Morty where they can do a whole show based upon clip, like a clip show well, based but, upon clips that you've never seen and have it be funny. Well, because Rick and Morty's a television show. Television, you have time to, you you know those characters really well. You know how that show works. Mm-hmm. Movies don't work that way. You have this set amount of time 
to tell your tale. That's all you've got. And then you've got you've to move on. Mm-hmm. All right. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. I I'm li- sure we're going to talk more about this tomorrow and like even more. And once this gets released, we'll post things and we'll talk more. So please post what you think about it and your in the reviews of the podcast. And we'll, you know, maybe we'll do some supplemental stuff like on IGTV or something like that. Make sure to like and subscribe, bro. No, please. Isn't that that what you say? No, please like and subscribe. Please don't listen to him. Listen to me. (laughs) Anyway. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. I had low expectations and they met them. I enjoyed it. I can see myself wanting to watch it again sometime. Maybe I'll want to be drunk or high whenever I watch it. But like, I did not hate it. I did not regret seeing it. It wasn't the Hobbit movies. But I do think that... Last last review, I made a re- the, I opened it up with a really bad pun about the Incredibles, about it being incredible. But I'm tss. this time, it's just as easy to fall to go with the pun on that because it's called Fallen Kingdom, and I'm just like, yeah. Huh. I will say final thoughts. I really enjoyed this movie. I don't have such a an endist feeling about it, I suppose. Um, I love dinosaurs. I am just as an animal lover, inherently extremely devastated that these, that we're going on this journey that we already know what, what it's going to mean. However, I did think it was really cool. Like they were just driving down the road. Although now Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard now have a little girl clone girl because their relationship obviously worked out the first time. Adding a kid into that will make that better. Obviously, that's Honey, how you save have, a marriage. Let's have a baby so we can save our marriage. That's how you save it. There, all right, so there are a couple things I want to... Hashtag 720. I'm not done with my final thoughts. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. But I did think it was really cool that like they're driving, and then all of a sudden you see a pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is... Jurassic Park 3, by the way. I know. But like this is how we're... This is life now, is we live with dinosaurs. And so I kind of dug that, but I felt like overall, I just felt defeated by this movie. I didn't have high or low expectations. I did. I had a lot of fun in Jurassic World uh, Uno. Um, so I, di- I didn't have high or low, but this really didn't meet any story-wise. And it also didn't really feel like a Jurassic Park. It didn't. It just didn't feel that way to no. me. So one th- reason I'm not crazy about where the series inevitably has to go now Uh is because in all the Jurassic Park movies, obviously you're kind of rooting for the humans, you know? I don't know. Well, I, that's why I say kind of. But like okay. the movies are set up to where you're supposed to root for the humans. You want to see them. You want to see most of them survive, you know? True. But you also are like, I hope those dinosaurs don't get killed no. either. So what I'm saying, you jumped to the gun on my point, oh. uh, which you tend to do, but I'm going to forgive you. Oh, behave. Anyway, uh... To my point on that is that now that you have the Velociraptor about to hunt in E.T.'s neighborhood. I mean, like, about to hunt. Yeah, you have no choice but to see those dinosaurs as the bad guy now. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I've got a problem with that. Now, one other thing I will say, just because I Where have... Where did the T-Rex end up? Uh, it was roaring at the lion. That's right! Yeah. That was pretty fun. But then I was like, no, not the lion! Yeah, I was, I was like, bye, lion. Like, bye, lion. But... Because that T-Rex came... Like, she shows up. Yeah. But um, one other thing I will say I haven't touched on is I loved the music for this movie. Yeah? Yeah, I thought... Giacchino, right? Yeah, Giacchino, which eventually we'll do a movie where Michael Giacchino did not do the score for. But uh, but 
I thought he did a great job. I thought that he did a very John Williams thing, but then still did his own thing. Let me tell you. Let it me tell sounded you about like this. Jurassic Park. Like it, it, it sounds, sounded like it, it made it sound like the movie. It belonged in the series, but like let me say this. So the other day I was on Twitter, and I can't remember what movie this guy was talking about, but he at mentioned Michael Giacchino, and he was talking about how like. I can't I can't remember what movie again, but he was saying something like, well, they need somebody who understands reverence to previous movies better than Michael Giacchino. I lost their mind. And I'm sitting there like he is the absolute master at keeping reverence and injecting his own creativity. Like I I cannot think of anybody else who does that better. And I can't think of anybody else who like I think that, you know, John Williams is slowing down now. Like this is going to be his last Star Wars movie that he's that he's about to do. I mean, he's 100 years, 1000 years old. Right. He, he deserves to. But in terms of like picking up that mantle, I definitely think that think that Michael Giacchino is the guy to be the current John Williams. And like, I don't like saying it like that because like, you know, he's his own thing. Right. But he but you have to, you have to have a, a special touch to have have that sound. Right. It does require a special touch. I mean, having seen you have to fit into a world of music, it's very difficult to be in that world of music and not lose a lose too much of yourself. Right. And but he he balances that line masterfully. So the guy who said Michael Giacchino doesn't understand reference on Twitter, um you can go fuck yourself. Fuck you. Mhm. So, all right. Uh, anything else uh, we want to add before no, we shut this down? This um, is a shorter episode, but I feel we kind of were a lot less structured on this episode. So I think that's a um, good thing. And thank you so much for listening today. Um, if you like this, please give us a review um, because it's all about the numbers now. Mm-hmm. Please give us a like. Please subscribe. If you know somebody that has a has a phone, show them how to get into podcasts. Have them subscribe and like Date Night at the Movies. If you remotely like movies or you go see this occasionally, please subscribe. It would mean the world to us. We're also on Instagram right now at Date Night at the Movies. Yeah, reach out to us. You know, there's a random picture you want to comment on. Comment on it. Ask us questions. You know, I mean, you know, we're we're a product of our generations. We have our phones next to us at all times. Yeah, and we're we're trying to give you guys good content, but also to give. I mean, we, we live in the movie industry, and so we're, and, you know, we talk critically about this movie because we truly, truly love Jurassic Park, and we truly love, we love, I mean, gosh, we love this whole dinosaur genre, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of hard to just, like, not talk years and years about it, so I'm really excited to bring you a couple guests to chat about this this wacky movie while it's still and and get it to you this should be like in your cars on your phones in your ears um before this movie's out of the theaters all right well again thanks for listening uh, i'm jordan bennett i'm jessica bennett and this is date night at the movies or how i spent my babysitter money and yes we just ended the show like that <laughs>